Welcome to the Uncivilized Podcast. My name is Trevor Bohm and I will be your host. Every week or so, I try to get myself a fascinating human on the mic for you, someone who looks at the civilized world just like you do and says no thank you. Someone who wants to break some rules, to lead, and to bring their unique vision into the world. Someone for whom the status quo simply will not do. I hope you enjoy these conversations as much as I do. Please dive in. Hey folks, welcome to another episode of the Uncivilized Podcast. This is Traver Bohm, your host. And today I talk to Dr. Kat Meyer. Now Kat is a licensed marriage and family therapist and for lack of a better term, an intimacy coach. She runs Sex Love Yoga and the podcast Erotically Wasted as well as the uh, Eat, Play, Sex podcast. And we dive into all the ways that men can have more fun in the bedroom, can be better lovers in the bedroom, can understand their bodies and what's going on during a sexual experience. And we have a blast talking about intimacy, dating, relationships, all the things. And I steered this specifically to us guys because Kat has a large male following and a large male uh, clientele. And so she's a wealth of knowledge about the relationship and sex space with men. So I know you're going to get something out of this, whether you're a man, a woman, or otherwise. Enjoy, Dr. Kat Meyer. Kat, welcome to the Uncivilized Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. So <laughs> you, were just, hey, you were just saying, before we get into you and who you are, I would love for you to just to share what you just told me when we weren't recording, that you were in Bahrain yes. talking about sexuality. Yes. How does that happen? <laughs> Actually, I did a four-country speaking tour. So I was in Kenya, Tanzania, Bahrain, and Uganda. So yeah, yeah. And I was invited over there to speak to an organization of, of entrepreneurs okay. to talk about how they could find a better balance between their business life and like, you know, being an entrepreneur and their sex life, which we know if you have your own business, <laughs> a lot of times your relationship and your sex life just kind of get put to the side. <laughs> <laughs> right in the heat of the moment. What are you thinking about my marketing? Um, sorry, I'm right. Let me come right back to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why didn't I think you? <laughs> no, fuck. Why didn't I think of this sooner? <laughs> yeah, that, those countries. Yeah. It's a really, it's a curiosity because here in the U.S., it feels like we're in a cultural shift around sexuality. Mm-hmm. I, read, I don't know if you read the Atlantic article a year and a half ago, two years ago, saying this is the least amount of sex Americans have ever had. I did actually. Crazy, yeah. And that's huh? a globe. That's a global thing right there. That is a global thing because Japan also reports that their population is in a deficit yeah. <laughs> as in they're like, it's, it's gone down. So there's less people being born to people who are growing older, you know, and right. entering into elderly stage. And so that's bizarre to think about how can we support our, our, um, you know, older population if <laughs> new people aren't coming right. in to be able to make the money and, and support them. Yeah, and think yeah. of all that's missing. I remember reading a stat on Japan that was 40% of Japanese adults hadn't had sex. Yep. <gasps> I'm having a heart attack over here. 40 <laughs> I can't imagine right? that. Yeah. Imagine getting a room full of 10 people and being like, oh, wow, you, you've never done this ever. Like you're 35 years old. You, you just, you're not, what, what, what's going on? Why, yeah. why do you think globally this is the shift? Oh, I think a big part of it is the technology that's being created where we can accomplish so much more. And because we can accomplish so much more, we expect other people to accomplish so much more. So this productivity mindset, and then we've attached our self-worth to it. And then even the younger generation is coming into this TikTok age or this Instagram influencer age, and they feel the pressure to have to be somebody or do something big way early on. So so our minds are just focused on productivity, focus on um, the social media platforms. I don't even know if you saw the documentary Social Dilemma yet. Not yet. I'm scared cool. too. Yo, I came out of that freaked out. I was like, oh, <laughs> as I'm scrolling on my Instagram, checking yes. to see what people are commenting on my posts, I was like, oh, oh, I, 
oh fuck it got me too you know and so i think it's just this changing of where our attention is going and this disconnect from our bodies and really focus on productivity and um, image and what can i what can i do what can i achieve in comparison to everybody else yeah in your practice are you seeing a lot of couples coming to you with this as an issue and then i want to shift afterwards and ask specifically about men but is this something that like, is that part of the audience that comes to you? Like, hey, I want to have sex, I'm not. Or are they mm-hmm. talking about more of what's underneath that with the, the in- intimacy that's non-physical? Yeah, well, people don't realize they're one and the same. <laughs> they right. really are. If I'm seeing issues in just the intimacy connection aspect of their relationship, I always ask them questions about their sex life because guaranteed it's probably not working over there either. Now we do have uh, people who might have high polarity, meaning they can fuck like rabbits and, and like it's really good and hot and they just don't want to touch each other, but then they can't connect. The, their mm-hmm. connection, their emotional connection is low. Um, but usually when I see them, it's, it's typically like both. So low desire or mismatched desire between couples is probably the number one um, reason that they come in to see therapy because one person has a high desire, the other person has a low desire, and then having to work with them to understand that it's more about if we think of our desire as a a contextual base, so something that is um, uh, almost like a vehicle of a car where you have contextual pieces that put the brake on the vehicle vehicle, and then contextual pieces that put on the accelerator, it gives them more of a language to work with. And it becomes very empowering versus just saying, I have, I'm a really sexual person. My partner isn't. And so this just isn't going to work and we're not compatible. It's like, oh, okay, we can break this down. Let's see what the components are that, that are making this and including stress, including work, including underlying emotional fears or traumas or things that might be putting on the brakes. Even if you are doing things that are supposed to be sexually turning you on, it's, mm-hmm. it's like trying to drive the vehicle forward with your emergency brake on. Right. It's just going to be jerky right. and not really <laughs> flow very well. Yeah. And frustrating as shit. (gasps) Yeah, we don't want that. This is kind of a loaded question, but is this gendered? Is it more men coming to you? I think the stereotype that we see in society is men want sex, women don't. Yeah. And yet what I've seen through social media and conversations is a lot of times it's the opposite. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you find it's one way or the other, or is it really case by case? It's really case by case. And especially now we are talking about women's sexuality more, and there are more avenues for women to learn about their sexuality. I think the stereotype came because the image of sex, the socially constructed idea of sex that have been given to us from the media model, from the medical model, from the moral model has all been male-based. So it's been more genital focused, more um, thrusting, fast, heat, Mm -hmm. and uh, penetration focused. And women operate in a more um, elongated (laughs) process of their arousal. You know, it takes us us longer. We need more of the whole body warmed up. So when we don't fit that socially constructed idea of sex, then we get these medical messages that there's something wrong with us, that that we have um, low desire or inorgasmia or that kind of thing. But ultimately, it's just because that model doesn't fit our body. Gotcha. So okay. now we're getting books like, uh, there's a, an incredible book by Dr. Wednesday Martin, and it's called Untrue. And it's all about women's sexuality in our culture. And she dives into the concept of um, multiple partners, you know, and, and um, cheating in affairs in our culture and how a lot of it, women, the number of women who are engaging in, are initiating this are increasing. And so it's just hasn't really been talked about in, in you know, in, in conversation. It's just typically around men. Right. So it, it, it just, I think there's a lot of statistics. There is a lot of conversation that just isn't true. Like what she's saying. Okay. Yeah. Do you, do you feel that we're in a paradigm shift right now around relationship and sexuality? Or are we catching up to like our, our, out outdated models disappearing or new models coming forward like if everyone i talk to and perhaps it's just because they're reaching out 
mm-hmm. is confused and frustrated and, and whether it's dating, whether it's partnership and whether it's sexuality, it seems like a bomb went off in the, <laughs> like, <laughs> in the relating space, whether that's genitally, heart-wise or brain-wise. Yeah. And everyone's like, I don't know what the fuck to do, yeah. but nothing works. Has anybody know what to do? Like anybody, really. <laughs> I don't know. I, I still don't know some days. Some days I'm just a puddle. I'm like, I don't know anything. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I think there has been such a rise in sex educators being on TV, on Netflix, having shows, having these conversations, you know, even the show um, Sex Education (laughs) on Netflix, Mm -hmm. you know, so there is more and more conversations. But what's interesting is that we're still hitting up against the puritanical, um, you know, concept around sexuality at the same time. So not only are we more saturated with the images of it, with porn, with, you know, conversations happening on TED Talks, but then also still hitting up against that old script and we're still having censorship on social medias where things that even I just mentioned, I don't know, there's nothing sexually explicit, but I'm talking about sexual health in our bodies and it gets taken down. Mm. So I I think there's a lot of confusion too, still, you know, people kind of tiptoeing forward but still hesitant about what does this mean if I'm looking this up? What does this mean if I'm reading about this? What does this mean if I heart this image, you yeah. know, and, and um, is it okay for me still? Right. So I think we're in a transition. The younger generation is now getting all these messages around don't identify. Yeah. You know, it's cool to not identify. Um, it's cool to to experiment. It's cool to, you know, have different types of um, sexual experiences or same sex experiences that, you know, in the older generation or even ours, I feel like our generation was a transition stage of like Mm -hmm. movie questioning, you know, self-development, who am I, what am I? Oh, I can, my sexuality is more than what it is that I saw in porn, you know? So I, I, yeah, of course, everybody's confused because this doesn't fit the same script that we grew up with. Yeah, it feels like we're writing the script as we go. Mm, And you're right. There's definitely a, um, not a block, but that puritanical ideology is still strong. And it may not be in the social influencer space or the sex educator space or the, let's, for lack of a better term, more conscious space, Mm -hmm. but it is, it is in this country. Mm -hmm. very heavily. And I would say it's very deeply ingrained in a lot of people's psyches as well. And even when I'm talking to guys, I get a lot of guys who are conflicted about, I should want, I do want this. I want to experience this. I want to try this. I want to talk to my wife or my partner about this, but the church, Mm -hmm. but she shuts me down, but I wasn't raised this way. Mm -hmm. When when you specifically work with men, Mm -hmm. how do you assist them into opening their minds to different possibilities and kind of letting go of some of the old paradigm they may have been raised with or indoctrinated with. Yeah. Yeah. So I start out always looking at what, what has contributed to their sexual script. So we go back and we look at the influences and we look at, you know, everything from family to media, to medical, to, um, you know, their surrounding culture and religion and that sort of thing that have given them messages to, to, see who they are as sexual beings or to see how they see sexuality. Mm. And uh, even just by them having that acknowledgement or that awareness can be helpful to empower them, whether they, that is a script that they continue to want, Mm -hmm. or if that's something that they want to rewrite the narrative around. And, and then moving forward from that, we, uh, I described to them how, how these, different experiences or how these different um, messages can impact, you know, contraction in their body and then describing how contraction in their body impacts their blood circulation or erections or, you know, their ability to sync up with their partner. Mm. So tying in the the uh, mental aspect with the physiological aspects helps them to, to uh, you know, light bulbs going off in their head and like, oh, okay, there's something here. It's not just a message that I, that I think about. It's just like, there's something physiologically happening in my body that's impacting my ability to have the sex that I want. Beautiful. Kat, what's your advice for men who are in relationship and say healthy relationship otherwise, 
but are remiss or are you know hesitant to bring up sexuality as a topic to their partner around possible exploration or ideas or different ways that they want to explore but they feel like they're going to get shut down or they have been shut down yeah. or it's just this elephant in the room how do you advise them yeah. to broach that conversation <sighs> yeah you know and <sighs> i have you know <laughs> everybody take a breath <laughs> i and i can speak for myself too i've had experiences where i brought these conversations forward with partners and have been shut down so the the risk is real it's very yeah. real. And if you don't do it, then you are already capping your potential for your sexual experience and for your sex life. Like right. there's just no way around it. You can't grow if you don't lean into the risk. Right. So the number one tip that I would suggest is, is talk to your partner about creating a safe space. First. Yeah. Conversations okay. around sex is one of the top five most difficult conversations to have in partnership. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And if we know that, then more than likely our partner's also going to be hesitant too. Mm. And anything that comes up from, from their reaction towards us is coming from fear or miseducation or not understanding. So if we can create a safe container and, and talk about, hey, you know what, I would love to dive in. I would love to, to explore the depths of our sexuality. And um, I have a hesitancy or I have a fear or, or I have this experience in the past that, that I brought something forward and it was shut down. Uh, would you be open to exploring this conversation with me? I would love to learn about you as a sexual person too. And um, you know, so establishing that to start with um, when it comes to having conversation. The, and then I would say doing like a, uh, starting the conversation with appreciations. So acknowledging the person, you know, one thing that I appreciate about you and our sex life, or one thing I appreciate you about um, my lover or the way that you touch me or, you know, describing these things because that opens the partner up. We all want to be seen. We all want to be heard. We all want to be acknowledged for our, for, for, you know, our skills of being a lover or the, the efforts that we make towards the other person. And yeah. so that can open us up we feel seen, now we're a lot more open to receiving whatever happens moving forward. And then I would follow up that with uh, something that we are curious about, something that we're interested about. And expressing this may be a fantasy, this may be something that, you know, if we think about a spectrum of things that we are curious about or we love to fantasize about, uh, all the way to things that we actually wanna do, Mm. And, and being clear about that with our partner, because sometimes we say, oh, I have a fantasy to do da da da. And what our partner hears is, look, they want to do that. <laughs> and then it's like, no, I just want to keep this in a, the safe confines of my mind. I don't actually want to bring this out because to bring this out would be very different than the fantasy because the fantasy is perfect and in reality may not actually be perfect. <laughs> like how many times, you know, uh, most, many of us have threesome fantasies at one point in our life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you actually bring that into fruition. We realize, oh, that's not as sexy as it was in my mind. Or, oh, there's a lot more complications here when we add a third person. And oh, everybody's crying now and nobody <laughs> So, you know, having that dialogue with our partner of like, this is something fun. I would love to just talk fantasy or dirty talk with you on this. But I want you yeah. to know that this isn't something I actually want to bring forward. And then we can even use three, you know, third party objects as a way to start these conversations. So doing things like I heard this podcast about, mm. you know, BDSM and it was really interesting. I wonder what your thoughts are about it. Or we can uh, be watching a movie and be like, oh my God, that scene. Whew, I'm feeling my whole body turn on. Like, what are you feeling right now? Or that's interesting, you know, just to, to use something outside of yourself to point onto makes it less um, that's about me. I'm putting right. something about me out there. Even saying something like, I just woke up, I had this dream that you were doing this. Mm. And uh, what do you feel about that? It was really hot to me, you know? So yeah, <laughs> there's and many. Cut, if these guys are, sorry, if these guys are just getting shut down and I'm saying guys, I know this yeah. happens to women, but I'm speaking to guys here or they've been shut down so many times. Yeah. 
how does this, and, and you're obviously a black belt here. So you speak beautifully, you're like, you're eloquent, you know how to re relate to people like, hi, I, this is what I love about you. And here's what I'm curious about. Yeah. And I get guys who are like, I just walked up and I, I listened to the podcast and I was like, hon, I want a threesome. Fuck. No. <laughs> <laughs> how do men approach the unapproachable? Like what's the, what's the third step back? from the actual conversation when the conversation just leads to like a door being slammed or them getting now shut down for a week or, you know, having it be personal or just all the, the negative that comes that can come from these conversations. Yeah. Start with curiosity of your partner. Okay. Like open, open that safe container for them first and invite them to explore these things and give back uh, validation or empathy, you know, acknowledging what they're saying as like you can feel with them or be curious or you know, um, active listening, asking questions more about it and showing interest in them so okay. that they feel, oh, it's safe. Oh, this person is with me. This person wants to know about me. Mm. You know, there's an interest in me and the multiple layers that are me. And then that, that can create an opening for you to then explore yeah. more. Um, yes, and perhaps a good, please, please. Yeah. I was going to say, follow up with that of like, I wonder what we, what more we can discover. Yeah. You know, I have podcast episodes. Um, I'm the host of eat, play sex podcast. And I have many episodes about having the conversation around exploring what your sex life could be. Mm -hmm. uh, Jaya created an incredible model about your erotic blueprints and, right. and her model describes, you know, we can, uh, we all speak a different language. And if we allow ourselves the permission to go in and discover what that language is for me, what that language is for my partner, then we can begin to create a language together where both people can get our needs met and not just compromise. Right. Because compromise death of our, of our sex life <laughs> and our intimacy, because in a sense, we're putting aside what it is that we want. Right. for the sake of the other person. But what that builds is underlying resentment or over time, uh, we might have a difficult time maintaining erections or achieving orgasms because we're, we're just focusing on what the other person needs and not what our body needs to even get aroused. Mm, beautifully stated. Thank you. I think one of the challenges is that, and I, I'll be honest about having this challenge myself, is that when approaching a partner about sexuality, it's I, 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 I. And mm. as opposed to we, we, or you, you, it's like, mm -hmm. Hey, I want this thing and you're not doing it. And why aren't we doing it? And now I'm frustrated and it's, Oh, that's right. There's someone else here. Yeah. Do you believe in the idea of a sexual mismatch? I don't actually, I mean, yes, I do, but it, in a different sense, I believe in incompatibility around open-mindedness, mm. um, but not so much incompatibility of sex itself. Okay. The, the, because if we think about, again, we all come to, we all have our own sexual scripts. We all have this own language that we speak that our body turns on to differently than anybody else, given just naturally, given everything I've experienced in my life, all the specific messages to me personally in my life is just going to be different than somebody else's. They can have very similar languages which makes it a lot easier for us to connect, or we can have completely different languages, which makes it more of a challenge, but can be done. And when you learn what your specific language is and you learn what theirs is, then you can begin to what we call stacking. So bringing elements of one in and bringing an elements of the other one to co-create something together. And then oftentimes what I see is that people's languages expand, their sexual potential expands naturally because they're starting to build more of a reconditioning that allows this other person's language to turn them on. Now, when we're thinking about expanding these, these uh, languages, it's, it is a, it's a, it's a, uh, it, it takes work, <laughs> you know, like just don't expect it to be really that easy. But a lot of times when we, we have to meet the language of the other person first in order and get them highly aroused. And then we can bring in our own language that, uh, that they'll be a lot more receptive to receiving because they're already in a, in a higher aroused state. Mm -hmm. So somebody who might be more sensual, um, and then somebody who might be kinky, you know, it's possible. And by bringing some of these elements in, 
in, perhaps we meet the sensual person with a massage or like something getting them really in their body, deep breathing, you know, and, um, uh, and then we start incorporating power play or then we start incorporating something else. Um, and the other person will be a lot more open. So Mm -hmm. there's, yeah, there can, there's strategies, there's ways of doing this. Um, even having, you know, these, Sexual play time where it's very specific to 30 minutes set aside to try some of these things out. That way it's not in the throes of passion where you can take things a lot more personally. If you introduce a toy and you're like, oh, this didn't work out. Oh, I'm such a bad lover. You know, (laughs) we are going into this play space with the intention of trying out this toy and let's see if it works. Let's see if we like it. Let's see if we don't. And if it fails, it's like, okay, that's not a failure of me. That's just because this just isn't our thing. Not our thing, yeah. Right. Beautiful. Hey folks, let me take a break from this amazing conversation with Kat to introduce you to the Uncivilized Nation. The Uncivilized Nation is my online men's group. It's this phenomenal community of now over 100 men who are doing deep dives together. Men who are tired of being a lone wolf, men who are tired of going at it alone and now enjoy the support and the brotherhood that comes from having men on the path in their corners. If this is something you need as a man, and trust me, if you don't have it, you need it, please check out www.manuncivilized.com forward slash the nation. You guys, the first month is free, and I even give you my meditation course just for signing up. So please go check that out. What do you wish men knew about female sexuality that we don't? (laughs) That's a generalized question. I think there's uh, many men who know (laughs) and bless them. Like (laughs) average man. Yeah, yeah. I think there is uh, to uh, I. This is a generalized statement. Sure. Right, but this is something that I see a lot of times with my women. Of they want men to slow down. You know, they want men to be present in their own body and in their, I love to use the, this, the phrase, um, be conscious in your fingertips Mm. because it can become this performance of like moving really quickly and then um, in the fast pace and moving straight to the genitals instead of warming up her entire body, touching her arms, touching her, her face, touching her chest, her breasts, her belly, her legs, and like moving that whole energy through the body and allowing you know, like activating the whole body, all of the sensory receptors in the body, because that helps to move uh, the energy away from being localized in the genitals, which may not be ready yet to receive touch. Mm. So if we go straight there, um, sometimes maybe women will short circuit, Mm. um, you know, they just like clench up because it's too fast too soon. It can create painful sex. Um, So penetration can become painful. Um, It can make them have more difficulty with orgasm because there isn't enough um, arousal. There's not enough lubrication. There's not enough blood into in the genitals to be able to feel um, more relaxed and open, <laughs> which we need for, for pleasurable sex. Um, so, and then even upon entrance, you know, moving, ex- moving slowly and playing around with, uh, you know, experimenting with different types of pacing because uh, there's also men who can move really fast and they and they can hit the cervix, which can be incredibly painful for a woman if she's not already in a highly aroused state. So moving slowly and gently pressing the tip up against the, the back wall or, you know, f- just being fully present with the movements and um, connecting eye gaze with her or breathing with her and just slowing everything down makes everything a lot more... Um, intoxicating beautiful awesome 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 thank you guys you get that yeah for you (laughs) furiously writing notes over there (laughs) (laughs) i'm taking notes in my head i'm gonna watch this like four times wow what did she just say go slow i got a lot (laughs) of shit to do today huh (laughs) yeah yeah let's talk about the elephant in the male sex room porn okay let's do it how do you see porn playing into both, let's just put it all out there, both positive and negative uh, repercussions, for lack of a better word, 
around men and sex. Yeah. So let's get clear that inherently porn is not bad. Like there's nothing inherently wrong with it. It has the, the issue with it is the education around it. First of all, it is not a documentary about real sex life. (laughs) (laughs) It is designed with the intention of entertainment. And wait a minute, is, wait a minute, wait a minute. It's not like just random, like, but they picked the girl up at the bus stop and they had sex in the van. Like, that's yeah, very not- National Geographic, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can have like Through so many minds on yeah. this part. Like, wait a minute, they're not volunteering? As we, as we go into the jungle of, of the LA traffic, yeah. she looks across the Serengeti and sees him. You know, no, it's not like that. It's, <laughs> it is highly produced. It is highly produced with lighting, with camera angles, with fluffers, with penis pumps. It's like, yeah. (laughs) So it's not real. Like most of us don't have a threesome with our plumber and our pool boy. Most of us do not. (laughs) That's not a regular day thing. Surprise. (sighs) Sorry if I busted your bubble. (laughs) But so what we do is we we look at that and for a lot of us because of its easy access online and a lot of it free, it has and our lack of education around pleasure as a sex model in our um education and schooling and with our parents and you know just um, lack of all the amazing podcasts that we have available to us today, <laughs> that was our, and still continues to be like our, our, um, most highly accessed, you know, um, resource for what sex quote unquote is supposed to look like. Yeah. And so we, so we look at that and then we compare our sex life and how our current sex life is going to be is, <laughs> and we create this disappointment. Oh, if I looked like that, or if my um, sex life looked like that, then I would be happy. Or then I would be having a good sex life. If I had those positions, that body, that ability of my dick to get hard without any sort of touch and to be able to go for hours, you know, and, and, um, it's just not, you know, we are, we feel uh, lacking. We feel dissatisfied. We feel like there's something wrong with us. And so there's a lot of times my men will say that um, clients and friends will say that they feel this, this feeling of, of sorrow, like the orgasm, but then there's almost like this emptiness feeling afterward. And, and that can come from this comparison that's happening. I don't have that. I have this. And so that's what's happening versus it just being a form of entertainment, which can be really fun. And then you add on to the top of that of many of the free porn out there is created unethically. You know, what's happening behind this. Yeah. So it's, you know, there's a lot of sex workers who are being used in that exp- in in the film industry and um, not taken care of, there's not a um, now now there's a lot of amazing resources for people for mental health. So th- they have access for mental health with practitioners like myself, like therapists who are sex worker positive and can work with the, you know helping them to process the things that happen you know on set and that sort of thing. Um, and there are also a lot of companies who are ethical, you know, and there's um, a lot of beautiful feminist um, directors who take care of the, the actors and who are um, having scenes that incorporate real orgasms and foreplay and, um, you know, uh, more, more realistic than just the overly produced type of sex that, that a lot of times we're used to. So there, you know, so that's, that's the light in the shadow of that industry. Yeah. You know, there is, it's again, it's not inherently bad. It's right. just, what are you looking at? What are you consuming? Are you consuming the, the very easy access, oftentimes male oriented pleasure focus uh, type of um, porn? Or are you doing your research and looking for what's real and what mm-hmm. is um, maybe ethical uh, mm-hmm. type of porn, which tends to be the ones that you have to pay for, right. but what are you supporting? Right, right, right. Yeah. Being a conscious consumer, because this is impacting your brain too. 
like what we are consuming um, visually is also creating the, the construct of what we see, what we get turned on by. It's conditioning what we get aroused by. And then a lot of times you, people may see the pattern of they have to get more and more intense right. with the porn because what used to turn them on no longer turns them on. It's not as stimulating, not as sensational as now they have to look at, you know, clown porn. I don't know. Which great. If that turns you on, fantastic. I yeah, celebrate you. Don't and, email us if you're a clown porn person and like get all upset. Yeah. Yeah. Don't get upset. Yeah. But it, it, and, and so then we have to rewind and look at, okay, how am I consuming this? Am I consuming this consciously? Am I aware of this? Or has this now become something that I have to use in order to, to get off? And then we can even see how that consumption, that mindless consumption has impacted the way that you handle yourself. So how do you masturbate? Are you connected with your masturbation? Are you connected with your arousal? Or are you just focus on the the image and no longer really in your body except at the point of no return where you have your orgasm and it's highly sensational. So that's where I see a lot of men struggle with having uh, maintaining erections or having orgasms or premature ejaculation because it's they're not in their body, not really. And can you just for the guy that's at home listening and being like Sister, what is, I'm in, how do, where do I go if I'm not in my body? Like, what does that mean to the guy in Indiana who's like, who is this chick? I don't know what she's talking about. I know, he's like, I'm in my body, for sure. I'm like totally jacking the clown porn and I'm in my fucking body. All right, next. Yeah, because I feel it, you know? Yeah. (laughs) What does that mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To a person. Yeah, so we... To be in your body is to be connected with the sensations that happen in in your body. We call this the interceptive awareness, the awareness of being within your body. And that is the connection with the the constant contractions and expansions of your body, the energy that you're holding, which means like, um, you know, low energy, being aware of this low, foggy, lethargic energy or being aware of like a hyper energy. Sometimes I get really hyper and I'm like, I'm like on the edge of myself and I'm like, ah. And then I'm like, okay, I need to breathe. I need to like feel what's happening in my body. I need to ground. Where are my feet? You know, (laughs) Um, this and and even getting uh, in your head in this, you know, in your thoughts, this spinning in your head, this rumination or like talking about your to-do list in your head, you know, like I got to do this or I got to do that or um, those types of things can disconnect us from feeling in the body or being grounded in this physical vessel. So when I'm saying be in your body, that's what I'm talking about, the anchoring of the sensation of it. And when we are so focused on things that are external to us, whether it's visual, whether it's, um, you know, even our partner just focused on our partner can also create a, a, an, uh, um, not as in your body experience and can also impact your orgasm potential as well. So can you practice the ability of being both being in your body while also being present with your partner? And that's the, that's the ideal state. That's what we would like to practice being in. So I will teach men, uh, you know, how to be in your body. So those are things like deep belly breathing, you know, and not just chest breathing, because when we breathe deeply with our belly, it slows us down drops us into our body. It relaxes the tension that we oftentimes hold in our belly, which also impacts the tension in our pelvic floor, which also impacts our ability to have orgasms or maintain erections. Like if we're too tight in the pelvic floor, then it can make it uh, challenging for blood circulation. Or even if we're, you know, too weak in the pelvic floor. So I'll teach men to do Kegel exercises, which is squeezing on the PC muscles and um, which helps them to practice being connected with the sensation in their pelvic floor Mm -hmm. and also strengthening the muscles so that they can help with maintaining erections. Then I'll also teach them about um, mindful masturbation. So being aware of the sensation as you're, as you're holding yourself, as you're masturbating and the 
the building up of arousal. So moving through the arousal stages. So what does it feel like as I'm flaccid? What does it feel like as I'm building up the, the excitement in, and what does it feel like for me to reach a 50% or an 80% and then stop and allow myself and be conscious of connected with the feeling of it going back down and then starting again and moving only up until 50 to 80%. So you're retraining yourself. You're mapping your brain to your genitals. So you are become aware of the sensations and you can build up that ability to have control again that you may have lost because mm -hmm. of porn or because of these, this way of masturbating that um, no longer is conducive for partner sex or difficulty with with maintaining. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. It feels like a lot of the messaging in the more conscious spaces around sexuality with men is to almost be hyper-focused on our partners mm. of attunement. Is she breathing? Is she moving? Is she safe? Is everything okay? And so I get a lot of guys saying, I disconnect because I'm so focused on her yeah. or I see her so focused on me and I, I don't know how to drop her back into her body. Right. I had a guy last week, um, it's actually a buddy of mine, so I don't mind me talking about it, saying every time I'm this, my partner is making eye contact, it's like she's staring at me. And I just want to say, I'm fine, relax, go back, to, like, go back into your body, everything's okay. And it's not a lack of a fear of intimacy around the eye contact, it's just the, like, hey, there's a lot going on right now, H how do I drop you back into you? So mm -hmm. for help him. So yeah. for, for a guy, I got like, you, boo -boo. I right? got you. <laughs> Thank you. So for a guy <laughs> like that, how did, how does he get his woman back into her body while still staying in his own? Yeah. Yeah. And the best, the best thing that you can do. And I, I'm even visualizing the last time that this happened with me is I'm over here just like drooling, um, <laughs> is to, match your breath with them. So okay. as a man, slow your breath down, slow your breath down. And oftentimes what will happen is that they will sync up their breath with you too, because it's just, it's just when it's, when it's very, um, no, it's very noticeable. <laughs> like when you're slowing your breath down and that drops you into your body, which helps her to drop into her body. Mm -hmm. So there's that slowing down piece. You're breathing. And even breathing in and out of the mouth mm -hmm. is highly erotic. The mm -hmm. sound of that, everybody's turning on listening to this podcast right now. I feel yeah, like I'm a mess over here. Just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but then, and, and breathing by her ear, you know, so that she hears the audible sound of that. And then just moving back slowly into your hips or moving slowly into your body and then grounding her with your hands. So whether it's holding her shoulders or holding, you know, like holding a firm grip on her arms and just coming back into that slow space can help her to drop into her body too. Um, also using, thinking about the five senses. Mm. So anything with the five senses helps you to anchor into your body. Um, you can think about creating an ambiance or cre you know, creating things in your environment to, to help them drop into their bodies. And so whether it's things like um, dimmed light, which helps to reduce the, the distraction of you know, messy room or, or papers or things that might be distracting or incense or essential oils or something smell that smells good helps to to keep in the body music is a really powerful one because music has a beat to it mm. and we can sync our body's ryth rhythms up with that beat and it can become a lot easier for us to be in our body helps us to sync up with our partner too because they're also hearing and feeling that beat and so the both of your bodies can can be in that rhythm together i find to be very helpful Super. Awesome. 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 Thank you. Can we shift just for the last couple of minutes to out of the bedroom and into dating? Mm -hmm. I have a lot of men listening to this who are coming out of divorces or coming out of long-term mm -hmm. relationships and are now over 35 in the dating scene, new to apps, new to this process, and are quickly disgruntled by, mm -hmm. I don't know if it's just the general population or the women that they are meeting in those places 
and getting ghosted and getting shut down or mm-hmm. um, just navigating a new landscape, what, what would you, is there anything you can say to help kind of frame that for them, or frame the experience rather than what it was in 92 when it was like, meet someone at a coffee shop, make a phone call, et cetera? Yeah. So the first thing that I would suggest for everyone, especially after you've gone through a breakup, is to take some time to figure out what your contribution to to that breakup was. So learning about yourself, perhaps being um, single on purpose for a moment Mm -hmm. so that you can see what your attachment patterns are or what your wounds are that you might be carrying in unconsciously, you know, unpack that so that you don't recreate that again. I have an online mini course called um, Dropping the Hooks of Our uh, Past Lovers. And it's all about discovering, you know, bound the concept of boundaries, the concept of, you know, our wounds, the concepts of our expectations and the things that we're trying to get somebody else to heal. Because guarantee you're probably keep attracting the same type of person and um, repeating the same lessons until it actually clicks for you. Mm. Um, so starting with something like that, and then, and then going back into the dating world, it's, <laughs> I mean, gosh, I, I, I feel for men right now because there is this, this, this fear that a lot of my clients are, are experiencing of this fear of being a predator or this fear of, you know, expressing their interest for, towards somebody because they're getting shut down, not because they're, they are creeps, but because there's this, you know, now there's this, this really strong protection that women are holding around themselves mm-hmm. of like, they, that they're just trying to get with me or they're just trying to, and A, there's nothing wrong, there's nothing wrong with you, even if you just want to get some, like nothing wrong with you. <laughs> um, it's, you know, unfortunately we have this, this, um, yeah, this, this message that's very alive in our culture. Um, but ultimately I I would say, what do I want to say about this? Because I'm also in this in this process of of re-entering into the dating world myself, mm-hmm. and um, I would say creating dates, creating dates that are fun, creating dates that are playful, that aren't just sitting across the other person and having coffee or having dinner and that sort of thing. Because they're they're but creating experiences mm. ultimately, because people want to to everybody wants to feel fun and and play and not necessarily like some of the worst dates that I mean, just sitting across from somebody and having a coffee, that's great, but it makes me get in my head and mm-hmm. I, I turn into an intellectual and that's not really the place that I want to be in. I want to be in fun and laughter and like, you know, playfulness. And, and so think about how can you create an experience, whether it's um, I went rollerblading for for one of my first dates with somebody that was like so fun and engaging, and there and there's also a third party something there to focus on too. So it's not just you know you you got time right. to right. figure out, but how does this person feel with you? I think that that's really important. Beautiful. Is there other work you you'd advise men to do before entering the dating scene? Other than looking at their past relationships, say someone's been out of a relationship for five years and yeah. is now going, okay, I really actually am interested in long, something longer term. Is there anything you'd advise them for work they can do or, or a frame again to enter into? Yeah, learn about, I think learning about communication is key, you know, because learning about how you can clearly express yourself and invite um, you know, creating a safe space for the other person to also express um, three of my favorite tools for, for communication are things like validation, which is acknowledging the, the negative truth that you can see in their experience. So it's like stepping on their side of the road for a moment to, to understand them, like really understand them and not just saying, I understand what you're saying, but you know, cause that, that just like, that's not you actually allowing that to penetrate your body. Because we don't actually want to feel what somebody else's experience is. We just want them to see us. So, so that's why we get in these stalemates and we, we butt heads because we're not actually taking the moment to feel into them. Um, empathy, which is the, the feeling with them. 
And that's not the, again, not the intellectual, like understanding validation is comprehension, you know, (laughs) like uh, empathy is the feeling with them. So that's taking into your body and perhaps bringing up in your own mind, not telling them, but bringing up in your own body, what it must've felt like for them, or perhaps the time that you felt similar and feeling like allowing that to, to be in your body for a moment while you, you connect with them makes a huge difference in their regulation. So they can regulate their nervous system, their activated nervous system a lot faster when somebody feels with them versus just sympathizing with them or versus intellectually telling them why they must be feeling a way or you're projecting, you know, like that's a, that's a surefire way to make somebody, you know, activate even more. And then the concept of appreciation. Everybody wants to feel like they are acknowledged and seen for the efforts that they're making towards a relationship. Everyone wants to feel like they are a teacher in a relationship. Everyone wants to feel like um, they are powerful and contributing just as, as much. So when we can make that effort and huge for women, for men too, like let them know that they're your teacher too. You know, even if you are a strong woman, you're coming in and you, you hold all the, the relational keys, you can let them know that they're having an influence on you too. And same with men, let women know that too, because we want to feel powerful too, just like you. Beautiful. On that note, please allow me to send some appreciation your way for your time, your energy, for sharing all of this with my audience and just for the work that you're doing in the world. It's, it's so important right now. So I deeply appreciate you. Where can people get more of you? Where do you hang out? Where are your courses? Please tell me there are books out there that we can read. If not, when is it coming out? How do we get more of you? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I am host of Eat, Play, Sex podcast, and as well as my pet project, Erotically Wasted Podcast, which is five minutes of erotic poetry. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, I also have um, my Instagram is Sex Love Yoga, and I also just started Erotically Wasted for Instagram super erotic imagery. It's wonderful. <laughs> My book is going to be launching soon. So keep your eyes out. Yeah. Um, book called sex love yoga. So keep, keep posted. And, um, I have pod, I have uh, all of my podcasts, my blog, my, um, my, everything <laughs> programs, online programs on uh, sexloveyoga.com. So you can find everything there. Amazing. Guys, go check her out. Ladies, listen to this as well. Please give Kat some love. Kat, so, thank you so much. I look forward to actually meeting you in person someday and having this conversation live. Thank you. Yay. Thank you. This is Traver Bohm signing off on another episode of the Uncivilized Podcast. If you enjoyed this, please give us a share. Give us a five-star rating on iTunes. And if you're interested in getting a hold of my book, Man Uncivilized, whether you're a man or a woman, please go to www.manuncivilized.com forward slash the book and get reading.